Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, I'm Kara. Hi, Kara. Welcome to the show. Thank you, as I say to everybody, because I mean it. Thank you for taking the time. And it's always a pleasure to get to hang out with um, what I love most about this show is I get to geek out about podcasting with other people who love to geek out about podcasting. And you, <clears throat> I'm going to say you did something interesting, which is you created your first podcast. And I say first because I know you're cooking a second one. You created your first podcast and the ground sort of moved a little underneath you and you realized that it wasn't quite the perfect thing and you did, but I think it's very smart, which is you decided it's going to be 13 episodes and then I'm done. Like, I'm not going to delete it. I'm not going to try and bash my head against the wall. Like, it has to keep going. You you did like a nice, um, I haven't listened, so I don't know how succinct it is, but you did like a nice, concise, here are the pieces. And I I know that you also have a clinical, like you you are a professional, I don't know, are we, are we, are we hiding who you are? <laughs> so um, no, uh, I'm- no. I'm wondering how you use the podcast that you have out there because it's, it's gotta be almost two years now, a year and a half since you put that out. How long has it been? I'm wondering how you use that. Not yet a year. I'm bad. (laughs) I'm wondering how you use that with your, with your clinical work. Like you mentioned that you send people to it and you include it in your newsletters and how did, how did it turn into a resource maybe that you weren't expecting it to be when you first started creating it? Well, I think I was expecting it to be a resource. I knew that there was um, an issue that I was often running into where I had all of these strategies and advice, but I just often didn't have time to go into the, you know, into all of the details in my actual mm. clinical work. And so that's actually where this came from. And I think when I started the workshop where you and I know each other from, that was what I wanted to do. I didn't even, I wasn't even sure that I wanted to create a podcast. I knew I just wanted to learn how to do audio. And so that's why I went into it. And then of course, being in the workshop, it was very exciting because everybody was you know, talking about their podcast and launching things. <laughs> Running in the hallways, right. But then I wanted to put together <laughs> a podcast too. So um, how do I use it? I, I'll, I'll often reference certain episodes. I will send people to my website, or as you've mentioned, I include it in my newsletter that I send out to parents of teens who may be struggling with their sleep. So it's helpful. I can just, instead of me having to go through the whole spiel, it's just there for me and I can reference it whenever I need to. And there's, I guess there's a power tool or a force multiplier of being able to like, you know, that you're going to deliver the best version of the message or the version that you record in any way. Like you don't have to be like, Oh, I have to be in my A game and give the same spiel the 11,000th time. So I think there's, there's power there and being able to say like, I did this well, you know, to a level I like, and now I know that it's going to be that experience for each person each time. Mm-hmm, have you gotten sure. any feedback from people who have, who have found um, either the medium like really helpful, like that's, that was better than having to listen to you because it has a pause button. Like, have you gotten any feedback about people consuming it? So it's interesting because the the podcast series is geared towards teens because that's who I'm talking to most of the time. But I have to say it's been there's been a lot more interest from the adults. So whether it's the parents or mm. other professionals who work with teens or just adults um, who are wanting to get tips for their own sleep, I would say that that's probably my my biggest audience. Um, to be honest, the feedback that I've received from some of the teens that I work with is that they're really tired and so they can't listen for too long. And that's pretty expected. And and it's interesting because I think as I went through the process, for me, I thought, um, you know, these episodes are all less than 10 minutes. And so to me, I was like, oh, that's great. It's nice and bite-sized, really digestible. But I I forgot that 
what's typically being consumed now is 15 seconds or less right on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was a really interesting learning experience for me to put that out and to just to see, you know, how it, how it fit with what people need, right. And how Mm -hmm. my, my audience of teens and what they need. So anyways, Mm -hmm. it was, it was a great, I think, experiment experience, but that's, that's a big part of why I stopped at 13 episodes. Um, Putting a podcast together, as you know, is quite a lot of work, especially at the beginning. (laughs) And I was investing a lot of time that I really didn't have (laughs) into putting these together. And so, yeah, I think 13 episodes was perfect. I, and, uh, and then I'm, then I'm very glad that I have these skills because now I can apply them to future projects. Yeah, whether or not the projects are audio only, next time somebody says, can you make a video of it? It's like, well, uh, yeah, and I can make the audio pretty good. <laughs> Do you find that, um, so one of the thoughts I had while you were describing it is I was thinking maybe what you should do is take your original recordings that are sub 10 minutes, pad them out to be 45 minutes long, and make the last three minutes a recording of you going, okay, it's, it's time to wake up. And then let them listen to the show, tell them like set 45 minutes aside, there's 38 minutes of silence in here. And then at 45 minutes, I will begin talking again to wake you back up because they probably need a nap if they fall asleep in four minutes. (laughs) Well, I have thought about, I think the cool thing about learning how to do audio is that then you start to get all these ideas about how you can use it, right? Once Mm. you have that skill, then I've had thoughts about trying to do audio that walks people through how to do a bedtime routine. So they're not having to figure out what to do in the moment or even how to do a, a study session. Right, which is something that is not directly related to sleep, but it is because it does impact people's ability to get ready for bed on time, be able to wind down on time. So, I think um, again, it's 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 not a problem at all that I spent all that time putting together that series because it's just taught me a ton and given me a bunch of other ideas about how I can how I can put out resources essentially. Mm. You want to talk more? I'm, I'm going, oh, we could just talk about sleep for the last 13 and a half minutes. And that would probably be a good thing if we wanted to, if you want to do sleep or do you want to do more podcasting stuff? Do you have a preference? Let's, I've been talking about sleep all day. So let's do podcasting. <laughs> let's not talk about sleep. No. Um, what, um, hmm, let's see, let's go further afield. There, there would be people listening who know who you are, who've like encountered you in the podcast courses or who have been a fellow remarkable in your journey. Um, what's something you think that people who know you in passing would get wrong about you? Hmm. So probably the, the number one thing that people say about me is that I'm really laid back and I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really, really not a laid back individual. I, I, I guess I portray that, but that is a, a myth. <laughs> I am not a laid back individual. Huh. That's a, well, where does, well, we can, uh, where do you, well, if people, if multiple people give you the same um, perspective, then that must be an affectation that you're putting on either consciously or subconsciously. Do you, um, do you think maybe that just comes out of doing clinical work? Cause I'm, I'm kind of guessing you can't just run around like a nut, you know, in, in a clinical setting and be like, Oh, we're going to think and then like drop stuff and, and like be a complete, you know, Tasmanian devil kind of mess with files and papers. You have to have that, have to have cultivated a semblance of, I don't want to say semblance, have to have cultivated a certain professional level and I wonder if maybe that doesn't just carry over because it works perfectly in podcasting. You would just be that person. I'm wondering if that carried over into 
how you're presenting yourself to fellow podcasters? Maybe. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I probably was told that I was laid back before doing training and doing the work that I do now. Mm. I think it probably is a combination of it's a little bit of me acting as if to help maybe quiet some of the mm. the inner <laughs> experience of not being laid back. <laughs> I also think I have always been just my natural tendency is just to be very aware of other people and how they might be reacting to me. And so I think that's also part of it um, that I just am. I've probably learned, like you said, to put on a certain veneer of calm, even though that's not necessarily how I'm feeling on the inside. Yeah. It's not an attempt, not an attempt to be artificial, right? It's an attempt to be like, well, it works better when Craig comes across as if he's sane. Um, what do you think, uh, what's, and I pause because there's some, like so many questions I could ask. Um, what do you think is, uh, I always love to talk about the power of audio, um, like the actual literal having headphones on your ears is a fundamentally different kind of experience than visual, um, just based on biology. And I'm wondering what might be a, um, a podcast, like a particular format, um, you know, interviews, or you've always wanted to be the fly on the wall while other people are talking. There's all these different formats that you're not currently doing. And I'm wondering if there's another another format of podcast that's kind of tickled your curiosity, but you haven't really found a reason to do it yet. Hmm. Haven't had a reason to do it yet. Well, I mean, maybe I'll I'll not quite answer your question, but <laughs> sorry, but with my <laughs> with my next podcast, and actually one of the the realizations that I had in doing that first podcast series was that I loved interviewing people and I loved having conversations and I was mm. much more natural in giving my answers if I'm not just talking into a microphone. I also found that in doing both interviewing a couple of people through that workshop because I just I wanted to have that experience but then also after the workshop being interviewed by a couple of our fellow podcasters um, in from the workshop <laughs> I, I found that just by talking through things in an interview really gave me a different um, lens a different framework for how I viewed certain things and I and I was just amazed by how much I learned from those experiences and so I definitely want to do that in the next podcast it may not all of the episodes may not necessarily be interview format but I definitely would like um, to have that, I want the ability to, to collaborate with colleagues and learn from colleagues and experts who um, have information that I, I really want to have and and just be able to to kind of co-create things with other people, I think is really fun. So um, your question had been, though, it was interesting, something about something I, a format that I wouldn't think I could do, which well, I, yeah. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not sure. Yeah, just... I feel like everything is possible. <laughs> definitely a good attitude in podcasting that's for sure i'm so you mentioned and i would i agree with your answer to uh, some of the things that are magical or powerful about the two people talking format and you mentioned it you mentioned it that when you're the guest it's gives you a lens to like look at your own thinking in a different way if I'm not putting words in your mouth and I'm just wondering, like, I would agree with you. There's definitely an aspect of if somebody asks me a question, I think a nine, you know, nine things spring to mind. It's like, well, I don't have a week. I only have a few minutes. So I'm going to have to pick 
one or two of those, or, or maybe I pick the third one because that fits better with what we've been talking about. And there's a, there's a filtering and a distillation that happens. And I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on like, why is it such a great lens? Why, why do we find it to be such a great lens for our own thinking? You know, when somebody else says, Kara, why do you find it to be a great lens for your own thinking? It's like an automatically kick off all this magic. Um, and I'm just wondering if you've thought about that process, like at the meta level of like, what is it about being in a conversation with somebody else and being the guest and then they ask you something, what is it that makes what happens to you as the guest different than, you know, other situations in life? Well, I think you've spoken, I think, to the idea of constraint. You kind of have to pick, right? You can't go on. Yeah. When you're on your own, you can just, you can think about something endlessly. But when you're talking to somebody, you're being considerate of the other person and you're wanting to give them a concise put together answer. So I think there's that. And then I think also the fact that you can listen back to it afterwards is huge. So I, I answer questions all the time in my work, right? Because I do clinical work. And so I'm often put on the spot to come up with an answer and put it together concisely. But I think that ability to then go back and hear it and then be able to process it. And oftentimes I find that I'll, I'll hear myself on a podcast and then I'll kind of think about it throughout the week and it will just help certain ideas gel in a very different way than if it just, you know, you gave the answer and then that was it. You never got to really go back and revisit it. So it's this way of iterating um, with, I guess, I don't know if that's kind of feedback, but you you get to go back to it and, and say, how did I say that again? And a lot of the things that I have um, I've recorded on a podcast, I've brought directly back into my, my clinical work. Like for example, um, mm. I'm trying to remember who asked it, maybe Nadine um, asked me, you know, what are the top three pieces of advice? And although that seems like a very obvious question, that then has led now to a um, to some jumpstart guides that I've created. And I now talk about the first three things that I think everybody needs to do. And it really is very, very helpful clinically. So that's one of them. There's there's a variety of other ones as well that I just kind of a bit of a light bulb moment you would, um, that that went off in, in, in getting to have a conversation and then hear it back and process it. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I think there's, yeah, that's um, good to hear. <clears throat> good to hear. And, um, you know, I'm also, <laughs> the, part of the problem having recorded conversations is, I don't have the luxury of sitting here for three minutes and thinking about what you said. <laughs> so I'm like trying to like store it so that I don't forget it and then say something. Do you find that, um, do you find that there are, there are different kinds of people who, who prefer, I'm thinking about mediums. So somebody would say to you, you know, I have this issue and then you're, you're like consulting and giving them input in person versus, when the message is recorded. And I'm, I'm wondering if people have learned, they, they might have learned, because I don't know, they might have learned to fear the in-person more. So mm -hmm. it's the, if you said the exact same thing, it would work better in a podcast. Because what I'm thinking about is everybody out there in podcast land who creates podcasts, are we at an advantage or a disadvantage just by the nature of the medium as a, uh, in contrast to in-person and face-to-face? Because -face? I'm always curious about should we have video with our podcast or is audio only okay? And of course, those neither of those are as good as an in-person uh, experience for the other person who's the guest or the receiver of the ultimate thing. So I'm just wondering, since you spend a lot of time, more time than me, <clears throat> talking to people like in an in-person situation about the same material that you've put into podcasts, if you have any thoughts about how those work differently? 
Yeah, that's such a good question. And I've actually thought about that a lot lately because I will, I recently have been giving some information sessions and I have been recording them and then posting them afterwards for people to watch. Mm. And a few things, I mean, one of them is I've actually had people be much more interested in watching the recording as opposed to attending a future live information session. <clears throat> and there's a few different ways of seeing that, right? That might be kind of a bit of ambivalence about wanting to attend. And so being able to um, watch the recording is a bit more of, I think, a maybe less engaged way or a more passive way of interacting with the material. On the other hand, I've found myself attending conferences recently where I no longer, I'm so distractible because there's so much else going on. And I now always listen to my podcast, watch my videos on at least one and a half times speed, if not two right. and a half times speed. And so for me, just watching somebody give a presentation at regular speed, <laughs> I find it's very slow and I get very distracted. <laughs> and I think just because we're all home working and we're surrounded by all of our yeah. work and our stuff, I, I actually have attended conferences now where I won't attend live. I'll just wait until they stream it and then I'll watch it on double speed afterwards. And I find that with the quicker audio, I'm actually more engaged because mm. there's something that's more motivating about it. So I think there's that. I yeah, think there it's is more challenging because the data, the data is coming at you so fast, you have to stick to it. And it just feels, I mean, I, this might just be me, but it just feels so much more efficient than, than literally taking twice as much time to get through the material. And it doesn't, I don't find it more difficult to understand the material if it's, if it's faster. Yeah. So there's that. And then, <clears throat> oh, sorry. And then, no, it's just me. I need a cough button. <laughs> and then, oh, sorry about that. This is my my timer that I recently got, which I love, called the time timer. Anyway, sorry about that. So the other thing is, I think there's something about discovering information on your own. So there is this, uh, particularly with teens, this dynamic where if you're being told what to do, particularly by a parent, but sometimes by mm. a doctor as well, it actually makes you want to do it less. Whereas if you stumble upon that information on your own, on a podcast or a video, there's a different the delivery is different. It's not somebody telling you what to do. You've sought it out and you are wanting that advice. And so I think that's another thing to consider. And that's another bonus of video and audio that people can just consume on their own time. Terrific. Yes, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think the that point about discovering it yourself is is really you know, because I can begin and then press pause and then I can be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to more of that later and then change the playback speed or, or decide to skip around or I do a lot of skimming through episode notes before even deciding to cue the episodes up. You know, I, I they're not even auto downloaded. I like read them in my RSS reader and I read I follow people's raw podcast feed with an RSS reader and just read their episode notes. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like every once in a while, that one's interesting. And then I'll manually add it. And listening to those episodes, I find, aside from I tend to have fewer that are in the queue, but I find that because I discovered it and already read the episode notes and I have at least a preconceived notion of what it's going to be, I, I feel like I, I have ownership isn't the right word, but I feel more engaged with the thing. Mm -hmm. Even when I look at it in the queue, it's like, yeah, I, I put that there. Not like it was subscribed. It's like I chose that. So that's yeah. a good point about that. This, the, yeah. the discovery, you know, uncovering it yourself. Hmm. And timing as well too, right? Sometimes you are, yes. you are yeah. in a different place to receive information. You can't read Victor Frankl when you're 12. Like it doesn't, it 
doesn't work. Sure, but even just the time of the day, like when you're yeah. tired versus when you're not, maybe yeah. at a time where you're just more more alert or just more yeah more more able to be engaged with the material. Hmm. So there's that flexibility, which I think is yeah. really a bonus too. Uh, random last second, do you find that now that you know how the I would say how the food gets made in the kitchen, like you know how to make podcasts? Did it change the way you look at other people's shows? Like, did it maybe make you appreciate the high production ones more or maybe maybe make you appreciate the lower production ones more? Because it's like, oh, I know this is one person in a garage and it's still pretty darn good. Like, how just that, mm-hmm. do you think it shifted your um, calibration of how you look at podcasts? You know, I haven't thought about that, but I, definitely something that I mentioned before is just how much work podcasts require. However, you also can outsource a lot of that. And you you are the one who directed me towards uh, a very good way of outsourcing things. And so although I love having the ability of knowing how to edit and also the fact that you can edit, I didn't I didn't know that beforehand before doing the workshop, that you can you really can pause and decide to say something a different way if you want to. And you know that's I think really a very cool thing about podcasting that there is this ability to redo things if you don't like them. Anyway, but um, but I think moving forward, I because I think I, I, I as I mentioned, it, it takes a lot of time. I, I do like the idea of outsourcing and and being able to give a lot of that time consuming stuff to somebody who's an expert and and then just really leave the conversations and coming up with the ideas right. to, or, or or that be what I I work on. So yeah, terrific. As I say all the time. Uh, because I mean it. Um, thanks so much. It's been 20 minutes. I think that's a good place to stop for today. It doesn't have to be our only single serving size conversation. We can do this again. Uh, Kara, thank you for taking the time and joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. That was fun.